Welcome to Slauson Girl Speaks. I'm your host, Slauson Girl, bringing you world news with a South Central state of mind. Today, I am here to have a conversation with my girl, Nina. It's funny because we go back to high school. Our days as young girls at Inglewood High, going through the motions, trying to figure it out as foster youth. We actually had the same social worker. Diane Sparks was her name. <laughs> is that the name? Uh. So hopefully, hopefully she listens to this and and she knows that not all troubled youth who go through the system exactly. will become just another statistic. Exactly. Many of us are trying to use what we have been through as an avenue to help other youth who might be having similar experiences. We are here to talk about our journey in foster care in LA how life has been after we emancipated from the system, as well as recent events and programming that Nina has been doing for fo- for foster youth in the community. Nina, how are you today? I'm well now that I'm with you, my love. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming through. Like, no um, and yeah, I'm just really excited to have this conversation. I know that um, you know a lot of youth in LA might benefit or appreciate this conversation. So again, thanks for coming. Absolutely. So um, we were talking yesterday and we were um, talking about the fact that we both actually had the same social worker. And um, you had me rolling because you was like, um, because it was like the similar like memories that I have of her as just like this stern like lady. And you was like, yeah, I don't know if she should have been a social worker. (laughs) I think she should have been more like a like Correctional a, a officer. officer. But, but first you called her, you said a, a, a prison security, prison guard. security guard. <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh my no God. No love was there. <laughs> no love. It might have been considered as tough love, but when you become a social worker, that's not what the youth need. And they feel like, oh, tough love. I'm giving them, I'm giving them what they need. No, sweetie, we need a hug. <laughs> right. We need some need empathy, some understanding. Like, yeah, she was very stern. So I was just like, wow, that's actually a very accurate depiction of like what she probably should have been doing but um shouts out to her you feel me I guess um but yeah <laughs> not that guess so but yeah shouts out to her shout out to Diane Sparks definitely <laughs> definitely but um so yeah recently you held an event for foster youth in LA talk to us a little bit about the event how did it go and why was it important for you to put on this event Well, so I have been having this idea of a suitcase drive. You know, um, a lot of youth in foster youth, they transition a lot. They go to different foster homes, group homes. And the problem is with that is they don't have their essential supplies. Um, A lot of youth, they get transported. Transported with a trash bag. I got transported with a sheet. I don't think it's that bad Shots anymore. Out to but, bag. <laughs> but um, you know, it's a little rough because sometimes it's three a.m. It's in the middle of the night, and right. you don't have time to pack your essential items. Right. So my initial goal was to provide something where um, youth could get those items, and I'm not talking about the items like 99 cent store beauty supply. Well, nothing wrong with the beauty supply, but like mm-hmm. you know, like just the top tier items. Um, I wanted to spend some money <laughs> on these youth. And I that was the goal at first. Then I just thought about how the youth were 
in a whole pandemic in them foster homes and group homes for an entire year, you know? And I know that has to be rough because they couldn't go outside. They couldn't go to the events that relieved them from what they were going through and just let them socialize. They had to be bunked up with probably a, a roommate or um, six different roommates with right. people they probably didn't get along with or didn't want to talk to. Right. All these youth are going through their own issues, and I just felt like I wanted to provide them something that they can just have fun at, like, you know, and get the supplies that they need. So I came up with the experience. So when I was working for Pathways, um, this was a thing that I was going to do. Pathways is a, a transitional housing program. So this is a thing that I was going to do then where it was going to be exactly what I did. But it was going to be with a, a much more larger funding. <laughs> so I got laid off for Pathways and... Um, I just decided that, you know, that I need to do something on my own. Like, right. that I got laid off of reason, and this is to take that next step in my journey. Because me and my co-partner, Ecclesia, mm-hmm. she got um, laid off as well because we were both working there. Okay. So, um, yeah, I just came up with this idea of this event, and um, I brought Clay on. I brought my friend Yasinia on, and then my daughter's grandmother, Najuma, who is—she has a nonprofit, and she's a, a activist— um, a social activist. She's very powerful with the community. So I brought them both on. And the team was just amazing. It just flowed. It was like everything happened when it was supposed to happen. Um, Ecclesia just did her man. She brought this event together with her connects. We had so many like amazing um, David and Margaret was with there, like a group home that I used to be in. We had mm. a game truck. We had all the supplies that they need. Me and Clay stayed up all night putting together these duffel bags, name brand, name brand duffel bags, like nice. Adidas, at Pumas, everything. Nice. Um, I got them like top tier products that I felt like I needed as a kid and not just Irish Spring, 99 Sister brushes. Like, you know, I got them like wave caps, Calvin Klein wallets for the boys, wow. you know, shaving kits. I know that some group homes wasn't allowed that, so I had to ask. But the ones that the were allowed that, you know, they got shaving kits for the boys, do-rags. Like nice. the things that I never saw youth receive in these homes because of really the lack of experience. I feel like when you get into foster care and social work, you experience is a really important thing. Yes. Um, because you know what you, well, you know what they need. Directly. Right. You know? And so that was the main thing with me and Clay. We just knew what the youth needed. We knew how the youth wanted it. And, you know, youth at that age, not really like, oh, let me get up and like go around and have fun. They're like, let me chill with my friends. So mm-hmm. we sat them next to their friends. We had mm-hmm. a photo booth. They could take pictures. We had some good music going on. We had nice. some good food going on. Nice. Um, I had um, my girl at South Kitchen. She catered, which is amazing. Oh, wow. Shout out to Saf's Kitchen. Shout out to Sav Kitchen. Like That's she what's did up. her stuff. Yeah. Um, and she really looked out for us because we were working on a really tight budget. It was mm-hmm. just basically off of donations mm-hmm. and money out of our pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, so we found this venue and it just it just everything just kept flowing. It was like mm-hmm. nonstop, just kept flowing. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> the youth started rolling in the week of. So the whole time we were planning it, we only had 11 youth. Okay. And it wasn't discouraging because we're like, I don't care if it's one youth. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to get that one youth experience. Like, Nice. But it was 35 youth there. Nice. More than that. 
because mm-hmm. they all had their friends trickling in. But um, mm-hmm. we, we served 35 youth. We gave them duffel bags, resources, food, mentoring advice. We had some um, speakers. Mike, um, he came out. He was in. Oh, he was a former foster youth. He came out and performed for us. Nice. Um, we had some poetry, some raffles. We had so many gift cards. It was just a dream come true because I know these events were something that I looked forward to. Um, in foster care, mm-hmm. I met a lot of people. I met Clay at one of these events, you know, mm-hmm. um, that I, Clay is like my lifelong friend. Mm-hmm. And I met her when I was 14, you know? So it's like okay. I put together something that I used to look forward to. That used to be a day for me. Like, you know, despite everything that I'm going on, I got this event I'm going to. I'm going to be happy this day. <laughs> right. So um, I'm hoping to keep this going, a yearly thing. And I'm hoping to keep like um, this like suitcase drive going, not a suitcase, but a duffel bag full of essential supplies. So any foster youth out there that need anything, I would make sure that I would get it for you. Okay, definitely. So what does your outreach process look like in terms of, you know, reaching these youth to provide these resources? Um, the outreach was basically back to where we came from. You mm. know, it was the children of law, um, courthouse. Mm. It was group homes that I have served in the past where I've donated mm. my resources to, and I just reached back out to them. It was David and Margaret's. Um, I've been in David and Margaret's before. Mm-hmm. So it was like everywhere, Happy Trails. Clay was well connected with Happy Trails, and it was just reaching out to who we, who we, where we came from, and that's who we wanted to give back to. So Again, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned that you wanted to put on this event because it reminded you of not only, you know, the resources that we didn't get in the in the moving process and foster care, but also because you remember these days that the agency, you know, which is like the, you're in foster care, but then there's basically like this central hub that you go to, that they call them like, you know, the, the agencies. I know that one that I used to be, um, where we used to go, was actually behind One United Bank on Crenshaw, right there by the shopping center, right before, what is that, uh, like, Expo? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, right behind One United Bank. So when I drive on Crenshaw these days, I'm like, dang, like, that used to be, like, where we would go for the agency. But where I'm getting at is that the agency will put on different events, and all of the foster youth that they serve would come to these events. And so it would be a chance for us to meet each other, you know, make friends, connect with, you know, people that you know in foster care, but that aren't technically in your foster home, you know? And so, um, yeah, I remember that I also look forward to to those events and I met a lot of different youth in them. And um, yeah, they, I remember that we even went like camping one year and like, I don't know. I'm just like a weird person where it's like, okay, we can go camping for two weeks. And then after camping is over, I'm over here crying. Like, I didn't knew these people for like (laughs) all my life, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. And like, you know, that was cool. Because like coming from the inner city, like, you know, camping isn't like something that we talk about a lot. Yeah. It's something that you do. It's it's something different. Yeah. But yeah, shouts out to you for, you know, curating that event for the foster youth to be able to come together and have a space to just yeah. enjoy and to be catered to. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That was the goal. Just, 
you don't have to do nothing. I had my volunteers serve them. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't have to pick up a thing. Mm-hmm. Just this is a day for you. I mm-hmm. wish that, um, well, not I wish, I'm hopeful for next year to be like a much bigger thing mm-hmm. um, for them because I have so many ideas. I know what they, I, I just feel like I know with a lot of foster you need. And mm-hmm. I, I just, my ideas just be running. So next year mm-hmm. would definitely be bigger. I'm going to make sure of it. Definitely. <laughs> so when someone hears this and they're like, wow, like I want to help support her vision and support her with these foster youth, how can they reach out to you and, um, you know, provide you resources or support? My Instagram, um, my Instagram is Nay Cakes and Catering. I do cater and it's under my daughter's name. Um, And then just reach out to me and ask for my number and I would definitely be in contact with you. We had 22 um, vendors and volunteers. I made sure to stay in contact with all of them. Um, Clay... I, I'm, I should get Clay on the phone because <laughs> and Clay pushed me hmm. to finish it. So I get her on the phone because she definitely deserves to, you know. <laughs> All right, definitely. We'll just put it closer to the mic. I will. Hello. Hey, love. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so I'm here with Tina, and I um, include you in what your what you contributed to this event because, uh, like I was telling Tina, I could not do, have done this without you, and you pushed me to my greatest ability. So we're on pause right now. When the um, guy comes back, you can start talking, and we'll bring you in. Okay, cool. I'm gonna put my headphones. Okay, cool. It's gonna yeah, be like two Tina, seconds. Like, this bitch did it. <laughs> it Shout out to Clay. We both, me and Clay, both was going through our own. BS, like I would call her and be like, hey, you okay? Because some of the meetings, she'd be like, um, fuck y'all. But like, and then some of the meetings, I was like, um, like, you know, we we're both, but then at the end, when it got time to crunch time, mm-hmm. she was just like, let's get it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I could not have put this thing together without her. Definitely. I had the idea mm-hmm. and I feel like she brought it to life, mm-hmm. you know? Teamwork, man. So um, I have Clay here on the phone, and she helped me bring this event together. I brought this idea to her, and she executed the mission. Um, me and her really put this thing together from scratch. Um, talking about no funds, no money, no nothing, just an idea. And Clay, um, give us a couple of input of how you brought this thing to life with me. Yeah, so um, the current experience of always working within the foster youth industry, working with many different organizations and getting the experience of planning and networking. Um, I was able to kind of help Nina, like, see this idea through and just kind of using my own expertise with, like, previous experience and, like, working with the Alliance for Children's Rights and um, a couple other nonprofits, Women's Leadership Project LA. So, um, yeah, being able to work within those industries of just like planning and like getting youth interest and like how do we kind of put this together and kind of working a program like we were able to really work together and lean on each other to get it done so definitely Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was awesome awesome working with you man I swear it was like that push I needed she was there even when I wanted to fall she caught me like Mm. let's go we got this (laughs) definitely so why was it important for you to you know help bring this vision nina's vision to light so um and hopefully i'm not telling nina but um you know we we kind of grew up in 
and foster care systems together. I know that we would attend a lot of, you know, younger foster youth programming together. So to kind of see this come full circle as an adult, um, being able to really give back to the community was important to me. Um, I previously just started my own networking business. You guys can check that Connect out. With Clay. Connect with Follow her on Instagram. Kind of, kind of <laughs> dropping it, right? So making sure that, um, you know, being able to utilize the, the the gems and tools that were given to me and and working together with other people who want to see the same thing through. So I think it's vision, it's execution, it's being able to really like each one teach one and, and exactly. rub off on each other with exactly. with with goals and reaching right. in. <laughs> Thank you. Definitely. Clay. Thank you. That's so amazing. Much. So yes, uh, one more time. How can people um, reach out and and support what you are currently building and kind of just stay in contact with you? Oh, um, you guys can go and subscribe now at www.connectwithclay.com. Um, it is a fusion networking and community. Uh, kind of like a networking organization that I'm putting together. Um, I'm involved in a lot of nonprofit organizations. One of them, I'm going to name drop again, Happy Trails for Kids. Yeah. It's a, um, a nonprofit that works with youth in foster care and kind of sends them to camp for free. Um, so I've been working there over 10 years and just being really involved in the community. So yes, I continue all with this vision and with Nina, I'm sure that we'll partner again and Absolutely. kick this off second annual next year so be on the lookout for that definitely okay this is a sidebar question because you mentioned your involvement with camp um have you ever heard of the uni camp i think it's through ucla this is like something that we used to go to back in the day yes so i know with happy trails we actually had an opportunity to partner with them and we partnered with other community camps i think we're also working on getting our own campground so that is something in the future to come i know this year they're doing a two possibly three sessions for camp so youth are able to go to camp for a week and just kind of let their hair down and be a kid you know which i think is super important yeah absolutely okay thank you so much clay well that thank you again for your time and yeah, just for your support you. and bringing the vision together and definitely want to see what else you're working on yeah, thank you, Clay, so much for bringing this vision together with me. I couldn't have, like I said, I, I will repeat this, couldn't have done it without you. Thank you, thank you guys for including me, looping me in, and yes, be on the lookout for the second annual The, the Experience. Experience. Okay? <laughs> Definitely. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Love you. All right. Bye-bye. So, so in girl. the... Oh, go ahead. I'm ready. <laughs> so in the spirit of the experience, you know, um, we're talking about growing up in foster care. Um, would you care to share a little bit at all about what your experience was like in foster care? Absolutely. Were you in any group homes? Um, were there any memorable foster parents that, you know, helped you along the way? Absolutely. So I was in 13 different group homes and foster homes. Um, we, me and you shared the same Diane Sparks. <laughs> social worker <laughs> lady. Same social worker. Um, and it was a lot of a lot of things I was lacking in foster care. Um, I was a troubled youth. I got in a lot of trouble. Um, I had a lot of fights. Like I moved around a lot of schools. And um, I just was very misunderstood. Nobody took the time to really get to know me, which is kind of, um, it's not understandable, but 
I feel like there's so many youth that come and go in these foster homes that it's not a person to just like, let me take the time and get to know this person. You know, um, a lot of foster homes and group homes, they treat you as if you did something wrong, mm-hmm. you know, um, to get to this point when in reality we have a whole background of barriers that got us to this point. Right. Um, so it was pretty rough. It was real rough. I went through a lot of schools. Um, which was bittersweet because I did meet a lot of people, but I was that I was more in a stable household. Um, I lacked a lot of education, knowledge, life skills, hard skills, um, basic hygiene skills, mm. just the reality of it. I lacked so much, and which I know that foster youth who move around a lot, they're they're rebellious because they don't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, one person, two people have showed them enough that they can't trust anybody in this system. So they don't care what you're talking about. Right. And it's not because they're troubled. It's because, you know, of their trust issues. They they haven't experienced real love. Right. And nobody gives you that in the foster system. It's rare. And I, like I said, I was playing to you yesterday. I've had some foster homes where they were trying to give me love, you know, Mm -hmm. they were trying to do right by me. And I was just like, what is this? Like, You know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not used to this. I'm going to go run away, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I would say that 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 I was in a foster home and this lady, um, we used to call her Grammy, Deborah Sims, (laughs) she was with me all the way till I gave birth to my daughter. Mm. And then some, you know, um, she stood in that room with me and she helped me push out Naomi, and which is my lovely seven-year-old. I love that girl to death. And um, I couldn't have done labor without her. Or my sister, who isn't my sister, my best friend's sister, I've adopted all these family members. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, it was just tough going through life without any foundation and um, structure and family and love, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I've learned to become very teachable because of those experiences. Like, I'm like, you know, I, I listen and I, I'm. Um, you know, I'm willing to take advice now, and I know that I'm still lacking a few things, but for the most part, I'm I'm ready to start my mentorship with Foster Youth because of my own experiences. Mm, definitely. So, what would you say is the difference between living in a foster home and living in a group home? So, living in a foster home, foster homes are supposed to be more of a setting where um, they treat you like your own. Like, you know, like that's a very close home setting. Um, And I've had a few foster homes that didn't and they lack that. And then I had group homes to where that it's it's like you're here. It's almost like jail. You're a number. We don't really (laughs) remember your name. We have this life skills facilitator who's reading off of a book. Mm. We're feeding you fish sticks and we're not teaching (laughs) you how to cook. Oh, that rhyme. I Bar right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll get up six o'clock in the morning, do these chores that nobody taught you how to do. Hmm. Um, wear these clothes that are somebody else's hmm. that they left here. Here's $7 a week, I'm taking you to the beauty supply for an outing. Um, it was very <laughs> just, wow, like really gel like, really gel like for kids. And mm. we didn't do anything to get in those positions. It's just that when you get older and you're in foster care, this is where you get placed. Mm. Because foster moms, they want younger kids. Right. Um, eventually, I hope to become a foster mom. Um, mm-hmm. And I want the older kids. I want the rough, rebellious 
you know, the ones that nobody want. I want those kids because mm. I want to love those kids. Like, you know, I'm going to put them kids in a better position mm. and I want to show them the real meaning of love. Like, you know, and even if they fight me for that love, like, cause like I did with my foster parent, that was good. I'm still, I still want to be there. Like, you know, mm. yeah. okay. <laughs> so Let's talk a little bit about emancipating from the system. You know, like you grow up in foster care, you go through these different group homes or foster homes. And then once you're 18, they tell you like, oh, you're suddenly an adult. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of the time kids are basically like de facto emancipated. Like, you know, um, talk to us a little bit about that. And also the fact that you can actually get resources up to you're like 24. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So I got emancipated out the system at 18. And um, I got pregnant with my daughter at 19. Me and my daughter became homeless while I was about five months pregnant with her. I had to go stay with my old foster mom. And one of her children's there, her child there had um, filed a case on me. She was a D-rate, so she had um, some mental issues. And she filed a case on me saying that I hit her, which wasn't the case. But I was I had to stay away from her and I had a situation to where they were going to take my daughter away at birth if I didn't win the case. So another social worker stepped in for that case and that won the case because the little girl was D-rate and she had some struggles. Um, but just to saying that, that I was just lacked of all resources because I shouldn't have never been homeless while I was pregnant with my daughter. I had to go stay with someone, my best friend's sister, which became my sister, but it was a very uncomfortable living situation for all of us. And I had brought a newborn into that situation. Mm -hmm. And I was moving around from that city to Victorville to Inglewood. And I didn't, I was living in a motel when I first had her. And it was just very sad because I was just, I was in the system and for any youth that is in the system, you have so much resources and money and funding right. for you. And right. I just stripped away from all of that. Mm. And so um, if you are emancipating from the system at 18, please do not let them emancipate you. Right. You are eligible for, um, I can't think of, AB12. That's the name. AB12, which is about eight, which is probably more now, but it was about 800 a month. And if you have a kid, it's an additional 400 a month. So mm. you're getting a cool amount um, plus rental assistance. Transitional housing. Transitional housing. Um, they pay for you to get furniture. Um, I had to find out through other people that I was eligible for these resources two months before I would turn 21. Mm. All these resources are from 18 to 21. 21 to 24, you're eligible for the Chafee Grant. Shout out to the Chafee Grant. Shout out to the Chafee. I definitely was using that. Keep your GPA good because mm. it is for sure worth it. it five racks. Five grand. A year. A year. Mm-hmm. A year. Yeah. Um, and more than that, your books are free. Your transportation. Um. They just, the foster care system has tons of resources and a lot of social workers see like, oh, you're not going to go to school. You're not going to do this. So what's the point of even taking my time to give you these resources? But I feel like if you enter into social work, these resources need to be handed to most importantly, the most rebellious youth, Mm -hmm. you know, because the, the youth that got it and they're just going, 
like they they need help, of course. Mm-hmm. But the youth that are just running away, those they need the most help. Right. You know, they need the most love. Right. And equally, everybody needs the same amount of love. But you really got to pay attention to the ones that are rebellious. You know, because mm-hmm. they're like, "F you, I don't want to do this." But eventually, those seeds that you plant in them will grow. And when they become my age, they will succeed. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like you're you're birthing like amazing people and if you fail at that then that's one person that you fail like you know mm-hmm. um like we're gonna keep talking about diane sparks <laughs> <laughs> diane sparks did not give me the resources that i needed mm-hmm. um i graduated high school she didn't come to my graduation um it was just very like i know she had a large caseload because back then they give social workers very large caseload. And I, if you receive a large caseload, somebody is going to get left out. I'm a case manager now for the county, and I have mm-hmm. 90 youth. Oh, wow. And yes. And um, I work for, like, a work source center, you know? So this is just youth at work. Mm-hmm. And I have 90 youth, and sometimes youth, they have to hit me up, like, hey. And I just realized, like, it's hard. You're human. But don't take that job on if you know that you can't do it, you know? No know what it takes to be in this position. And if you cannot give everybody equal opportunities, then ask for help or don't do it at all. Because I got left out. I don't know if you got left out. I got left out. <laughs> um, I actually spent, um, well, in terms of even wanting to go to college, like nobody had really, you know, told me about that yeah. that was just something that I had an epiphany one day literally um on my grandmother's porch rest in peace like a wall from my foster home mm-hmm. a lady that did take really good interest and care of me but you know I I had got into a fight at Dorsey they kicked me out you feel me and I just felt um a lot of shame actually mm-hmm. that this lady was very supportive and I was like Got kicked out of school, you know? But not to catch you off, but they don't see the reason behind it. They see the action. Right. They don't ask you, why did you do that? Right. And your reason was shame, you know? Mm. And they don't see that. Right. The right. action was you ran away from this great group home. You're your foster you're just, home. You're foster home. Foster home, yeah. We don't want to deal with you. Right. And you know, um, Diane Sparks, actually, after that, she, I guess, was teaching me a lesson. Because it's like, basically, I had ran away, went to my grandma's house, packed all my stuff, literally figured out how to get on a bus and get back to the block, right? Mm-hmm. I was just over there in mid-city, like, um, like uh, damn, actually, that's just right down the street, like Washington and um, what is that, like La Brea, like up there? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if I was going mm-hmm. to Dorsey, I was yeah. right down the street, right? But um, basically, um, I ran away, went to my grandma's um you know, house with my cousins and I had missed the whole first semester of 10th grade. Like I had literally got into the fight to like, you know, when school has started for sophomore year and they were just like, yeah, it's a wrap for you. Like, you know, you've been doing too much ninth grade, you know, or whatever. And, um, yeah, I just had this epiphany basically, like, you know, and it was just like, wow, like, look at you on the block at your grandma house, like, um, running the streets with your cousins, like, and if you missing this valuable window of opportunity called high school, you feel me? And the opportunity to like go to college, like it literally like that 
came from like that way. Like, you know, it wasn't like my dad or the social worker was like, yeah, maybe you should go to college. It was just like literally a thought one day, like, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, so um, I remember the social workers like Diane and them was like, well, we can give custody back to your grandma or whatever, or you can go back to foster care. And it was like my decision. And I was just like, well, I need to go back to the foster care because it's no telling. Like if I have no structure here, I'm just running the streets. Like it's no telling like what's going to happen or whatever. So that's when Diane, she was like, I guess trying to teach me a lesson. So they put me in a group home. Mm-hmm. I remember Zenith group home. She teaches somebody a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was a, it was actually, you know, interesting. Like, you know, honestly, I think still like a lot about those girls, like, you know, in the group home, like, man, I wonder like, you know, what happened to them. Yeah, and, like, most definitely. I remember we would have to pull up like in a little van and like, you know, they would like we basically said like we was all cousins or whatever because we didn't want nobody to know like we was in a group home or whatever. Oh my god, Tina, that is so correct. It's, it's my crazy. cousin. It's my sister. It's like. crazy. Like we didn't want nobody to know we were in a group home. We're, you're my cousin. Yes, we're all you're family. My friend. We're you're all family. My, cousin, my best friend. You hear me? I've been, right. I've, I've had a group home situation um, on 49th in Figueroa. Mm-hmm. It got shut down. Um, this Thank was God. the worst of the worst of group homes. Washington Hancock. <laughs> oh, it's um, it's it was the it was the worst. Um, mm. the food was expired. Oh my gosh! You came home ten minutes late. You were locked out. No, they're not going to call your social worker. Do what you want to do. No, you know. Um, it was a fight happening. I was the fighter. <laughs> Staff would close their door. Oh. Damn, Staff just duke it out. Door. Some gladiator shit. Like, you know, and it was just, we had bed bugs there to the point that oh, I was on the man. dance team and I was bruised up so bad from the bed bugs. They used to call me bugs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was, yeah, it was really bad. It was, um, and those are, those are the type of group homes they get in that for the money because they take the, they take the older kids. When you take mm-hmm. older kids, they pay you more. Mm-hmm. Um, when you take kids on medication, they pay you more. Mm-hmm. D-rate kids, runaway kids. They definitely pay you good money. So mm. them them little staff was they was living it up, but we were just lacking of everything. There is no structure. There were no um no life skills taught. There was no no teachable moments. It was nothing. It was like they didn't even speak to us. If you wanted food, it's expired. Here's dinner. Mm. <laughs> I mean, birthdays didn't come. It was like Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, it was just really, it was really sad for a lot of girls that was in there. And mm-hmm. I'm glad they closed it down because nobody deserves to get treated like that. I met one of my good friends, Trainisha, in that foster home. And she went to a, a great group home who I still work with to this day for the Dream Dreamcatchers oh, wow. um, group home. Shout, shout out, out to, to them. Shout yeah, out to, shout out shout to, out to them. Alex. Um, Sammy works with them. Um Shout out to them that really make a difference in these foster youth lives because right. there's a lot of group homes that just don't, you right. know, they just don't. They just there. We're housing you. This is a house. You have a bed. You're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. So before we close out, I definitely want to ask you a little bit more um, just about mother and parenting and things like that. Um, but before we get into that, I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think... Um, was the reason that you were able to like graduate high school despite all of the barriers um, of being in foster care? Oh, I just had to do it. I just, I really didn't want to do it. I was just like, dang, like it was this, um, 
counselor at Washington Prep. Mm-hmm. And she saw so much potential in me. I was in the dance team and I was in acting and singing and all that stuff. And she just saw me for really internally who I was. And at the end of these, the year, she made this scrapbook and it was me. It was all me. She came to all my shows. She got tickets to everything. She made this beautiful. And she was my special ed counselor because I was in behavior interventionist for fighting. <laughs> but um, so she she just took the time and she gave a damn. And she, they threw my transcripts together. Hmm. They, they pieced everything together. It was so many different places. And I did night school. I did lunch school. Hmm. Before school, and I just said, I have to. At that moment, at that time, I felt like I had to prove everybody wrong. Now, I just feel like I got to prove myself right. Mm. But when I was 18, I I just like, I have to shut everybody up. Mm. Like, I have to graduate. And when I walked that stage, I was like, I did it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I did it. Like, you know, and Mm -hmm. it it just felt good. And I I just, to motivation to all the foster youth, it's going to feel good. Mm -hmm. Just push. You just mm-hmm. got to push. And if you got to use to prove to everybody else wrong as a motivation, by all means, use that. You know, mm-hmm. But at a certain point, you're just going to be trying to prove yourself right because you're going to tell yourself that you can do these things and you're going to be able to do them. Definitely. So on a closing note, you're a mother. Yes. How old is little Naomi right now? She is seven. She Aww. enters second grade next month. Wow. So excited. (laughs) And so I know that you've also, you know, incorporated your catering business to have a self-sustaining business for you and your daughter, which is amazing. So make sure you guys check her out and book her if you need a catering (laughs) event, or someone to cater your event. But I do want to ask you, you know, growing up in foster care, you know, there's things that you realize that you have lacked. What are some of the things that you want to make sure that you provide to your daughter? And what is like your greatest hope as a mother for your daughter? So people are going to judge you for everything. Hmm. You know, they see you in foster care. You have a daughter now. I had a daughter very young. You know, my child's father is deceased. Rest in peace. Rest in you know, peace. I've Sorry. no structure, no mom, no dad, no family. They're going to be like, yeah. You're about to fuck up, you know. They're gonna judge you for going out. They're gonna judge you for feeding your kids healthy foods, <laughs> bad foods. They're gonna judge you for some self care time, for spending too much time with your kid. They're gonna judge you for everything. So it's it's really no right or wrong way to maneuver through motherhood. Mm-hmm. Just just do it and just do it the best way that you can. And I promise you, your kid is gonna appreciate that. I love my child the best way that I know how. You know, I don't I when I have used when I used to yell at her, I, I changed that. You know, like when I was struggling through motherhood in my first couple of years, I changed all of that. I don't I don't even raise my this is how I talk to my child. The way I'm talking to this mic is how I talk to my child. Mm-hmm. Um I just do everything the opposite of what I was raised and I do what I know that I lacked. So I lacked love, structure, advice. I give her all of that. Hmm. And it's hard. It's a push because sometimes I'd be like, I don't know how to do this. Like, hmm. you know, um, but one thing I do know how to do is love her. Hmm. That's And that's going to take me far. And that's going to take her far mm-hmm. because she will know my background and she will know no matter what, 
I loved you. And she, like, I loved you to my fullest ability. Um, I gave my all. And that's mm. what, no matter what I do, my journey, my work, everything, Naomi comes up here. Mm. She's the person who I give my complete all to. Everything, you know? And... um. It has. It's been a. It's been a road journey with her. You know, she's seven. I'm a single, very single mom. <laughs> and um, when I say very single, her like I said, her dad is gone. So it's just me, and it's a lot on me. It's a pressure. The pressure is on, but I got this. You know, mm-hmm. and to all the foster moms or mothers with young mothers with kids, just love them. That's all you got to do. Just love them. <laughs> Love them. That's all they're going to remember is you love them. They're not going to remember when you took them to Disneyland at one time or you made their meal into stars. I don't remember that. They're mm-hmm. just going to remember that you love them. That was there. That part, that part. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much, Nina, for your time. Thank you. And of course, and just for what you're doing to curate these events for these foster youth and just to let them know that they matter. Yeah. And um any way that I can support, you know that I'm here. Um and yeah, definitely will be tapping in with you to see what how things are going. Yeah. And to share how Absolutely. things are going. So yeah. And to any foster youth that's listening, they're going to doubt you because of your background. They're going to look at your background and they're going to be like, mm, "No, cuz you did something." To, I have I've had people that be like, "What did she do to get there? She's terrible." You know. <laughs> <laughs> um they don't know that your background in foster care is just lacking so much that you lacked. And to be still standing is what makes you great. It mm-hmm. makes you you. It makes you unique because mm-hmm. a lot of people can go through a lot of things and it beats them down. But for foster you, no, we stand up strong. Like, you know, we look at you. You have this brand for yourself. Like, you know, I know Angela, for example, hum, you guys are humble graduates. Like, it's just like, I know so many foster youth that's really just beat the odds. And that's why, like, it's really against all odds. You just got to mm. keep going because you guys fight the toughest battles and you guys stand up and do it all, you know? <laughs> we do. do. We do. Do it all and just keep going. And it's going to pay off because we, anybody that has been through the things that we've been through, God has really, like, blessed us to be in the position that we are in, you know, all of us, all of us. And we are really in a position to teach somebody else, teach mm-hmm. another foster youth. Like, keep going. Girl, get up. Boy, get up. Like, you know, get up. Keep going. You got this. So that's my message to the foster youth. <laughs> okay.